I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Your face, Luka. Come on, Gippy. Come on. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead and joining me as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The clutch win clad lad. One more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The Mavs are clutch. They are clutch. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. (laughs) The Mavs are clutch. Luca is clutch. Two. I didn't. Guys, we literally, people tweeted this out. I tweeted this out. Luka Doncic, clutch, free throws. Two of Massive. them in a row. Two of them in a row. I mean, top five Luka game ever. I feel like we just said this the other day. But if we had to lose the previous heartbreaking games in order to get this Bucks win in this fashion, I think I would say sign me up. Because tonight, you said it perfect when we first got on our Skype call. You said, man, the lows of this team, it's really low. But man, are these highs really high. And I'm like, let's go. It is. This is like one more fun nights to be a Mavs fan in a long time. Absolutely. All right, on tonight's pod, we are going to break down the Mavericks 136 to 132. The Mavericks never score it less than less than like 120 anymore. They just don't. Uh, 136 to 132 win over the best record in the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks, in overtime. And Giannis played 33 minutes. That's normal for him. Middleton played 36 minutes. Brooke Lopez played just about 35 minutes. This was a full Bucks win. I mean, they have no excuses for not playing players in this game, right? This was a full-fledged Mavs versus Bucks game, and the Mavericks came out on top, and it's it's a great win. Um the Maverick, the, the Bucks didn't even shoot that poorly, right? They shot, uh, you know, thirty four percent on threes, forty seven percent from the floor. They missed a bunch of free throws, but they shot thirty four of them, and so they had opportunities, right? Like there's, there's all the things are going down the line. Like the Mavericks just were able to get this win, so we're gonna break it all down. Clutch win, like we said, the Mavericks were down. Let's just start. I mean, we could just start here. The Mavericks were down with a, just about a minute and 50 seconds left. Let's say two minutes left in the in the game. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down by seven. Right? Mm. We've been doing this thing where we keep saying, oh, the Mavericks were up by seven with 45 seconds left and they lose. Right? That's happened twice now. And... Or no, it happened once, and then it later it was an overtime game. But the Mavericks were down by seven. They end the game on a 7-0 run. Yeah, they did. Basically, we'll break all that down later because there's so many different things I want to break down in that that time. Then I can't even remember what happened in regulation. Good, but, you know, I wrote everything go. down. Good. They go into overtime, and then the Mavericks outscore the Bucks in overtime, seventeen to uh, thirteen in overtime. So basically, they go on a twenty-four to thirteen run to end the game. Basically. We'll take it. We will take that. Let's just let's just go over the stats right now, just just to get those out of the way. You will also hear from Rick Carlisle. He had an incredible quote on Luka Doncic, so we'll hear about that. Uh, Luka, by the way, got to start here. Mm. Thirty six points. That's just that's just the start, right? That's that's normal. Fourteen boards, nineteen assists. Mm. 
19 assists in this game. He at, And he could have had more, right? He could have had a bunch more assists, too. In that first half, the Mavericks shot like 29% from three. And they only finished 32% from three. It's not like they got too much better. But... He could have had a bunch more assists on that. A bunch of guys were missing shots, but he was absolutely incredible in this game. It starts it starts and ends with Luka for this team, right? I mean, he's the one that keeps them in games. He's the one that, you know, snatches victory from the clutches to defeat. He's the one that it rises and falls on, right? People always say in business it rises and falls on leadership, and that can come in a bunch of different directions. It's the same with this Mavericks team, and we'll hear from Carlisle later about Luka's leadership, but it all comes down to Luka in this game, and he came up huge. I mean, yeah, he came up huge, but I mean, we're talking about a guy that's in his second year. He's a top five picks. I mean, this is what he's supposed to do, right? No, it's not what he's supposed to do because he is the most improved player. I'm gonna, I, I gotta, I'm gonna get. I am, I am more passionate about Luca winning this most improved player award than I. I don't know. <laughs> You're gonna get fiery Isaac if he's not named for this, and I, I don't know. I might just go off on it, but uh, because I think that's the m- most stupidest argument I've ever heard in my life that Luca should not be considered for this award because he's a second year player. But he's one of the finalists. He's one we'll of do the this. finalists, we'll, but we'll it should be Monday. a runaway win. It shouldn't even we'll, be a debate. But yeah, we'll, we'll do, do this for yes, we'll do this for another pod. But you know, Rick said after the game. I mean, Rick. It's just a. I mean, a broken drum at this point. It's just like Rick can only praise this guy so many times. <laughs> and after this game, but Rick just said he's like he's a phenomenal player. He even says he's like I don't say this very often, but I would pay to see this guy play. <laughs> And guy like, that literally Rick, goes to NBA games because it's his job. He would pay, right? Yes. Like, how many people are that good at a job that you would pay to see them do a job, right? Like, Rick, Rick compared your job him. You do, yeah. I mean, Rick compared his passion, passing vision to Larry Bird and Jason Kidd, and he said literally he gets better. He said he gets better by the hour. But and, don't give and away and the, the whole day. quote. Let's let's, let's oh, hear I it. Know, that, I thought you were giving the leadership quote. I didn't know it was that quote. I didn't know it was the same quote. My bad. Yeah. Um. It, it's just as Mavs fans, I mean, we know all the jokes. We, I mean, come on. Like I saw a lot of Trey Trey Young tweets tonight. Luca's above that, you know. Like Luca's above Trey. Let's at least keep it to players that are in the bubble. <laughs> uh, oh, what the Hawks are not in? Oh, dang, they're not. But I mean, talk soon. I, I feel like we could just keep on going. I mean, if you, I, I tweeted out something about this that I like, if you were, if you are anti Luca, which there are a decent amount of people out there who are anti Luca or thinks that he's not this good. You just had to log off at this point. You, I mean, you had to log off tonight because literally the best defense in the league, best record in the yep. league, MVP, Luka Doncic Defensive took his player team. Of the year, probably him yeah, or Brooke yes. Lopez. Yeah, I mean, Giannis yeah, I mean, Giannis, Giannis will win that probably, but Luca did this the biggest stage, national TV, every eyeball in the NBA world was watching this game tonight, and I mean, Luca's one of the best players in the NBA. Absolutely, insane. absolutely. So we're gonna break it all down. We'll we'll go through the game. We'll hear from Rick Carlisle. Let's do that. Let's do all that coming up next. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's hear from Rick Carlisle. This is him being asked about Luca's leadership late in the game, how the Mavericks came up big in a clutch win finally. And let's hear from Rick Carlisle. Look, the guy's a, he's a phenomenal player, and he's getting better um, 
really by the hour, by the day. Uh, you know, the efficiency numbers against these two past teams are really remarkable. Both teams will turn you over. Both teams have guys that, you know, will deflect and, and get their hands on a lot of balls and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I was I was most impressed with his leadership throughout the game. You know, had it kept a real calm demeanor, kept guys playing during some tough stretches. You know, his conversations with the officials were short and to the point. And, uh, you know, the officials listened and, and you know, we moved on. And, and the leadership aspect of it is is uh, really in the big picture is, is just as big as, as these ridiculous statistics that he's putting up. There's so many things in that quote, and I, just, I, I love it. I think that it's uh, everything we've been wanting to hear, right? He talks about the leadership, talks about Luca getting better by the day, by the hour. Luca's getting better, most improved. He's one of the finalists, and I, we'll talk about on Monday why he should be most improved, so check out that pod. But he mentions that his leadership is the biggest thing, that we've talked about how Luca is – in the bubble, at least, he's been the off-the-court leader. He's he started to become that. He's he's the one texting guys to, to play things together, to go sit by the pool together, to go, you know, all these things. He's the one that's bringing them around, and now it's translating to the basketball court, or at least definitely in this game it is, and hopefully this is a sign of more things to come. We think it is. And he also mentioned that his conversations with the officials were short, which to me says that Carlisle has talked to Luca about this for all the times that we get frustrated with Luca, stop arguing with the refs and go back on defense, you know, or, or focus on the game. Don't get so wrapped up in the refs. It seems like Carlisle's talked to him about that as well. And I think that that's significant. Yeah, that was a, a mental nugget that I uh, took note in my head on also when, when Rick said, when Rex, Rick said the thing about the officials, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's been a bubble staple or a bubble storyline for this Mavs team since they've uh, arrived in Orlando. Just the leader that Luca is. I mean, we've heard it's not just Rick talking about it. We've heard players talking about it. We've heard not just players, but older players on the team and J.J. Barea talking about how Luka Doncic is a leader and stuff. So it's not just a coach narrative type thing. Hey, I just want to push out there that my young star is is a leader. No, it's like it's like a legit thing. This is something that is being commonly talked about, how Luka is not just the leader and point guard leader of the offense on the court, but the leader off the court too. And I mean, dang, you just don't, you don't get that very often as a 21 year old. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. You love to see it, right? I mean, that, that's pretty much all we can go to. Uh, okay. Do we, do we want to break down the game? I think we should do that now. So I was say, do you just want to hit stats? Do you want to hit points in the game? Man, Whatever so, you want to do. So I think the, um, First half is was not super significant. It was basically Luca's in the game, Mavericks going an eight zero run. Giannis is in the game, Luca. Yeah, Luca's in the game, Giannis is out. Mavs going an eight zero run. Luca's on the bench, Giannis is in. Bucks going an eight zero run, and it just kept going back and forth. The Mavericks had a pretty big. Uh, they had like a ten point lead with a minute forty four left in the first quarter, and then they ended the first quarter thirty five thirty two. So the Bucks won like a nine zero run to end that quarter. Um, Maxi and hit Giannis in the balls. Um, <laughs> Maxi what, what hit Giannis. 
<laughs> right between the Antetokounmpo's. I think and, you. I think you tweeted you tweeted this out, and this is gonna be something for a longer conversation on another day. But just how the Mavs' offense shifts. You know, if you, if y'all are really nerdy about rotation stuff, you know, Luca's pretty much on Dirk's rotation uh, for the most part. That Dirk was on for the majority of yeah. his career, and so and which is which is he starts the beginning of the game. Plays for a, a good amount. Actually, he's recently been. He's he starts the beginning of the game, plays until like the middle of the first quarter, goes out and comes back in, and then uh, doesn't start the. He starts the first quarter or starts the second quarter, and then goes out towards the end, comes back. It's like this. He goes back, comes back in, starts the third quarter. Obviously, yeah. There's there's a science to it, and uh, you know. But the big thing is they they stagger you know him and KP, and there's hardly ever any, if any that there is a time that where KP and Luke are both off the floor, unless something crazy happens with foul trip or whatever. But I think there is a conversation we had just how well KP is like really adapting to this. When Luke is off the floor, we're going to run the offense through you and you're going to take up this mantle of bam. When kind of what we were alluding to the other day in that other game of, you know, he started forcing it a little bit and then they got Luca back in there. They took KP out, whatever, but it, how KP can manage and lead that. It's not really even a second unit, just the, the non Luca unit when Luca's off the floor in an effective way. And I think he's really starting to own in on that now. One of those units was Trey Burke, Delon Wright, Justin Jackson, Michael Cart, Michael Kid Go. Dang it! Oh no, no, no! That's incredible. Michael Kid Gilchrist and Porzingis. That was one of the lineups that Porzingis was was trotting out there with. Uh, Porzingis finished twenty six points, eleven boards, three assists. He played forty minutes and he fouled out. Um, he fouled out like late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, late yeah. in the fourth quarter, yeah. like a minute twenty left. Um, so uh, no, 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 he fouled out. Fouled it was out, an no, overtime because overtime. It was, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it was a little bit overtime. before the uh, the pass. Yeah, minute twenty three left in overtime. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, Porzingis being able to run that, he's starting to embrace that identity in this team. Right, that he's the one that has to be the go to guy. The offense has to run through Porzingis in the second unit, and I thought he was doing that pretty well in this game. And he's just really established that in the bubble. I thought that was a good, you know, thing that we've seen so far in the bubble that he's really taken over when Luca is is off the floor. Uh, but man, Luca, <laughs> anything good in this game happened when Luca was on the floor. Uh, going through the game a little bit more, so we talked about the first quarter. Mavericks had a 10 point lead. They lost it. And then going into the second quarter, um, Brooke Lopez, 21 points in the second quarter, hit three threes, two free throws, and then hit five more, five other baskets. I mean, 21 points in that third quarter. Incredible. Uh, the Bucks took a nine point lead at halftime, uh, with about two minutes and 55 seconds left in the second quarter. Uh, Luca was just getting fouled all up and down, and he he didn't get fouled. He didn't get calls for it. How many free throws he end up with? Uh, Luca uh, ten took- because he was nine for ten. <laughs> yeah, but Luca should have had a bunch more. And Carlisle and Luca both got texts on the exact same play um, with about two minutes fifty five seconds left. Brooke Lopez ends the quarter with twenty one points. Bucks take a nine point lead at halftime. At halftime, Luca had 15 points and 10 assists, zero turnovers, which I thought was super significant. Uh, and then he he finished the game with two turnovers. So he had two in the second half in overtime. Mavs uh, only shot eight free throws in the first half, too. And um, 
I want to say nobody outside KP and Luca shot a free throw in the first half. Yeah. Uh, because I think Luca shot six, KP shot two. And I think that's one of the, uh, an awesome line in this, uh, in the entire game in this, that the Mavericks, a lot of, a lot of people want to point out about their free throws. 23 of 25 from the free throw line. 92%. Okay. Yeah. Let's the go. only two, the only two missed free throws, one by Luca and one from Dorian. And KP went seven to seven, Luca nine of 10 with two of those clutch free throws. So big time when it comes uh, to the free throw line. A Deshaun Stevenson yeah. honoring 92%, right? That's exactly 92? what it was. Absolutely. So, okay. So we go towards third quarter. Um, we had Michael Kidd Gilchrist minutes, <laughs> just, just four of them. Uh, hmm. Kind of strange, but he played. That was the first what time. What happens he's... first? A Michael Kidd Gilchrist shot three, a three, or, or just a shot, a shot, a jumper, or the Kings make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them I... can happen. Uh, <laughs> a jumper can happen. Uh, okay, so we go into the, the fourth quarter. Bucks are up by. Bucks are up by no Mavericks are up by two going into the fourth quarter. They go on a 9-0 run. They take a pretty big lead in in the fourth quarter. Bucks fight back. Uh Maxi is five fouls. He and he and Dorian Finney Smith guarded Giannis as best they could basically the whole game. Sometimes Giannis just made them look silly, and sometimes they played pretty good defense. It was usually either one of the two, right? Those but they, possessions. But they when did they what most outside of Kawhi, like they they did their job for the most part. That's just what you're gonna do. I I want us to give Dorian his his uh, credit before oh, they sure. spot. We'll get there. But like both of those guys defensively on Giannis, I thought they did an okay job tonight against. I mean, he's the MVP. He's one of the best players in the league. Right. He he shot fifty percent, which you're like, okay, well, you know, he one of one of seven from three. A lot of those they just let him take. Uh, but the but the rest of it, you're like, okay, he either they either did a decent job or as good of a job as you can expect, right? Uh, sometimes yeah. he had really good plays. Sometimes. Giannis just, I mean, you can't really stop the guy. Uh, so you get down to, to you know, clutch time. Uh, like I, I said, I with- wanna, can I point out something real quick? The third quarter, I know we jumped past it, but literally they started the third quarter because the, I, I want to give them their credit on this third quarter thing because they held the Bucks oh, to call. 21 points in this third quarter. And we've talked about the third quarter Mavs a thousand times and, and rightfully so because they've sucked in the third quarter. But they start they start the third quarter. And literally, it's like 30-something seconds into the third. Rick calls a timeout. They're down by 11 points. 36 seconds in. 36 seconds. And they call a timeout. They're down by 11. You're like, I'd be dang, here we go. They're about to, Bucks are about to bust it open. Third quarter, they're down double digits. And we end the third quarter after that. I don't even know exactly what the, what the, what the run was. 31 to 20. So that that's the third quarter. The Mavericks outscored the Bucks 31 to 20 in the third quarter, which is just significant because overall third quarters have not been great for the Mavericks. We've talked about that over and over again on this podcast, but it was a great uh it was a great run for them there. Yeah, they, they took a 2-point lead into the fourth quarter. It was like 93-91 heading into the fourth and I just walked away. I'm like, heck yeah. Like against one of the like best teams, if not the best team in the league. And you turn your third quarter stuff around right then and you finish the quarter like that. So I, I was just super happy 
not just as a fan, but for them to kind of get past, like Rick Carlisle said, get past. Uh, he said in this post game thing, we were staring at the past demons in in their face. Like he, like I feel like he was alluding to that third <laughs> quarter right there when he's talking about that. So a uh, cool moment for the Mavs there. Oh, absolutely, definitely should have gotten a mention. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I mentioned this. I think it was in the. I think it was in the. S- yeah, third quarter, I think I mentioned that, man, we shouldn't be surprised because the Bucks are really good, but this happens to the Mavs all the time during games and in the clutch. The wheels just fall off at times. When they do, it falls off hard. So yeah. in that third quarter, we you know, going into that third quarter, we thought, man, Brooke Lopez just scored 21 points. This is the Zubach thing all over again, right? We're just dealing with uh, yeah, this team is just going to completely steamroll the Mavs at this point, and they didn't. You know, Carlisle was able to, to stop everything. He changed some things up. The Mavericks came out came back out there they played their game and they ended up winning the game so all right coming up let's get into the fourth quarter we'll get into overtime we'll we'll break down all the stuff that happened and uh you know celebrate a Mavs win all right Isaac let's get into this fourth quarter and then overtime so some th- some interesting things in this fourth quarter and overtime happen especially in the clutch well one of them is a W which is always interesting mm. <laughs> for sure in, in the clutch but uh Eric Bledsoe took a mid-range pull-up off of Giannis pick-and-roll with two minutes and 30 seconds left. The Bucks go up by seven. Two minutes and 30 seconds left. The Bucks go up by seven. And Luka takes a step back three right after that. And I was like, we're just going to do the same thing again. We're just going to – the Mavericks are just going to do the same thing they always do where they are down and then Luka just tries to step back three, then back into the game. And that's kind of their go-to move. And they just get obsessed with it, it feels like. It feels like they just get stuck and they want the instant gratification of, you know, hitting a step back three. It's one of the most exciting plays, big plays for their team, everything. And I was like, man, we're just going to do this again. We're going to try this. And to their credit, they they didn't get attached to that. And the next play down, Luka inbounds the ball to Dorian. He hits a three. And then... Yes, he did. Dorian then defends against Giannis the next play. Giannis drives. He misses against Dorian. They didn't call a foul. I thought it was a little... I thought it was close to a foul, but no foul call on the play. They're, they, you know, went back and showed the replay like three or four times. No, that wasn't a foul. I remember what play you're talking about now. Uh, then on the other end, Porzingis gets fouled. He hits both of his free throws. Uh, then on the other end, so this is like... this is There's so much, you know parallelism in this so dorian hits a three he plays good defense on Giannis. porzingis gets fouled hits two free throws he goes back Lo- brooke lopez gets a post up with one minute and 10 seconds left this is clutch time for the bucks and brooke lopez is getting a post up play like they they drew this up or they decided that he was gonna get this play kp plays pretty good defense on him and it gets the stop with one minute left dallas is down by two they call a timeout right they have a chance this is a chance right they have a minute left and they have a chance in the game dallas calls a timeout after the timeout luca drives kicks to tim hardaway jr for a three he misses maxi gets the offensive rebound kicks it to borzingis he Takes a turnaround jumper, which he took a bunch of those in this game. Misses that shot. And then the Mavericks get the ball back again. Then Luka drives and he gets fouled. So that's two extra possessions they got in that. And took the clock all the way down to 21 seconds. (laughs) So it was one minute left. And then they took the clock all the way down to 21 seconds. I thought that was a massive play for this team. Luka, Luka gets fouled by Giannis. They thought Giannis was 
they thought Giannis was fouled out at that point. We uh, know better than that. The Bucks, the Bucks challenged the play. It was changed to a Middleton foul, so Giannis didn't foul out. But with 21 seconds left, Luca hits both free throws, ties the game. It was a Maverick 7-0 run. What I just all described right there. And I don't then think I've, I've fist pumped more uh, for two like regular season free throws in a very long time. <laughs> they go back. Uh, the Bucks go down back to the the other end of the court and. George Hill, who shot like 48% from three, 49% from three this year. The best three-point shooter in the league. The best three-point like, shooter in the league They literally just talked about it. But like <laughs> Gets a wide broadcast. open three and misses it. So all of this could have been null and void if he, if he makes that three with like five seconds left. But he misses. They go to overtime. In overtime. All right. Here are the Mavericks. Let me just go th- the Mavericks like possessions. Uh, Luka and KP pick and roll. Luka drive. Luka and KP pick and roll. Luca and K- KP pick and roll. Luca step back. Luca and KP pick and roll. KP turn around jumper, and then Porzingis fouled out. They started going to the Luca and KP pick and roll, and I just thought that that was significant in overtime when they needed it, when they needed buckets. They started going to that, and and everything good comes out of comes out of that action. And I've been wondering why they haven't been running it as much, but they started to pull it out in the overtime, and good stuff was happening from it, and they scored on. Uh, almost all those plays, but I thought that it was just—I thought it was significant that they started overtime by doing that. And that was Rick's like draw four card in Uno, you know, like yeah. he was like holding on to it, and he's like, "All right, well, I want to hold this for the playoffs, but I need to play it now because if we could get this win right now, what it could do, like just for everything for this team and motivation and just everything moving forward, that'd be awesome." So he played his draw four and said, "Hey, let's let's do the Luca KP stuff." And I didn't know if <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to talk about. You're talking about just Mavericks, you know, and overtime and plays. I didn't know if you're going to get out, give a shout out to Wes Matthews or not. <laughs> just MVM, most valuable Maverick. <laughs> Wes Matthews. I, I saw Man, a tweet Luke- after the game. I can't claim it, but it said, and I wish I could give him credit right now. But the the tweet said, "Was this <laughs> was this the best Mavs game for Wes Matthews in his career?" And I was. <laughs> kind of sad, but I kind of laughed at the same time. <laughs> Man, he guarded Luca for a, a, some decent stretches in this game, and Luca just put him on skates a couple times. I, I tweeted out most of them and mentioned Wes Matthews, so just go look for those tweets, but. Man, Luca was shaking and baking on Wes Matthews all over the court. So you know Luca's sending some text tonight too. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's just ice. It's just the ice emoji, <laughs> or just the ice skating emoji person. Uh, oh man! So uh, towards the end of the game, Giannis fouls out Porzingis with about a minute twenty three left. The Mavericks are only up two at that point. Justin Jackson replaces Kristaps Porzingis. What were you feeling when Justin Jackson was the substitution? I can't talk about re- it on this pod. Re- replacement. We can talk. We can talk about it after we hit record, <laughs> or after we hit stop recording. Oh man, I, I just it was it was not great. It was not a good feeling <laughs> that Justin Jackson was a replacement for Porzingis. But then Luca drives, gets fouled on the drive, and then oh my gosh. <laughs> With one minute and ten seconds left, Luka Doncic off the pick and roll with Maxi. Porzingis is not in the game anymore. Pick and roll with Maxi. Maxi dives to the rim hard. Luka, the, the balls you have to have to pull this off. Well, it couldn't be too big because he would have hit them on the way <laughs> this fast. But left-handed, 
between the legs, between two defenders too. That that needs to be mentioned because it was a pick and roll. And so uh, I think it was Giannis and Middleton are trying to figure out how to navigate this. And Luca, between both of them, this is the best defensive team in the league. Super long arms everywhere. They they get they they destroy plays like this. Luca passes the ball between the legs, bounce pass to Maxi, who gets up and hits the you know, and dunks it and gets fouled right there. <laughs> with a minute eight seconds left, the Mavericks the Mavericks go up then, uh, and then with eleven seconds left, Luca hits a floater on Bledsoe to ba- basically ice the game. They go up five. Giannis dunks, he fouls out, and then Dorian makes one free throw, and then uh, the Mavericks win one hundred thirty six to one hundred thirty two. Luca in the times that he needed to came up big, both playmaking and hitting that floater towards the end there and hitting free throws in the clutch. I mean, it's just, it's just all Luca. I mean, but we, we've talked all about Luca. We've said all the good things about him. So we won't go too far into that again and rehash that. Another person that definitely needs credit for this game, the Mavs second leading scorer, which you'd assume was Porzingis, right? It's always Porzingis. N- not. Dorian Finney-Smith, 27 points, 11 boards, 5 assists in the game. A block on Giannis. He was 6 of 12 from 3. Absolutely incredible. The only other starter besides Luka that had a positive plus-minus. It was just plus 1, but still. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith played absolutely out of his mind. 27 points is a career high for him. And... Yeah, five assists was close to a career high for him, but he played as well as you can on Giannis. He only had three fouls, which I thought was significant too. The fact that he was able to guard Giannis for big stretches and only have three fouls. And then 27 points. I mean, the Mavericks needed every bit of that. Man, I was so freaking happy for Dorian in this game. I think this is Dorian's best overall game of his career, and that's not just a hey, he had his career high scoring. Uh, I just think oh, I thought I thought he played great defense. I mean, you tell what would you think if you somebody told you heading into this game, Dorian was gonna double up Porzingis in three point attempts. <laughs> <laughs> And have, I would think Porzingis but, fouled out, right? <laughs> in the first yeah, half. and it's like, or saying that Dorian would have three more three-point attempts than the next highest player, uh, highest you know player on the team, and that's the thing with Dorian, man. Like, I'm so, gosh, I'm so happy for him in this game because he's gonna get these shots. Like, this is the player Especially that's against the team, Bucks. Yes, against Bucks or anybody. It's like when they when Dallas trots out this lineup with Luca and four shooters. Well, the shooter or Luca and four other players, the fourth, the the player that they're going to leave open or they're going to try to leave open in these scenarios when Luca drives, it's going to be Dorian for majority of teams. And when Dorian hits like this, hits six threes in this game, 50% from three, I mean, that's what unlocks this team to a whole different level because they were giving him the shots and he was knocking them down. He hit that second one, you know, Maxi hit that three. I, th- I think it was Maxi in overtime. And then Dorian yeah. hit the three right after that, mm-hmm. and I was just super hyped. Man, it, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, For I sure. mean, just personally and everything. We, I mean, we've both talked with him and so many times in the locker room. He's just the coolest guy ever, and how much he's worked to put to make that. I mean, this has been a, a thing over these past like three years about his shot in the offseason. And I'm not saying it's like to cure all everything. Oh, he shot, he hit six in this game, and now he's a 50 percent shooter. No, but it's shot just well this, this whole type, year though. Yeah, he has, and it's a career year for him shooting, and just this type of game against the Bucks and everything, man, I, I am beyond happy for him in this game. 
This specific game, especially against Giannis, reminded me of his rookie year. Remember one of the first times we saw Dorian actually play and we were impressed? We said, oh man, this guy might have something. Remember, it was was a game, they were either in overtime or it was to force overtime where Giannis had the ball at the top of the key. This is like his rookie year, so this is like four years ago. Giannis wasn't even MVP yet, but we knew Giannis was going to be, I mean, he was an all-star at that point. Dorian goes up and guards Giannis and he stops Giannis and he, he forces him into this tough shot to force overtime. And we, you know, both, I think we talked about it in the, pos- the podcast afterwards and we were like, man, Dorian really showed up. And then after that, after that play, Dorian became a start, basically a stand in starter for the Mavericks. Mavericks had so many different starting lineups because they're players were all over the place at that point. This thing, I think this is before Dennis Smith Jr., right? Yeah. And uh, so, but he became a starter and basically started the rest of the games that, that year. And playing against Giannis now, right? Fast forward th- four years later, three, three or four years later, and he's having this incredible game where he's now hitting threes. Such a development from where he started. It was always if he could add the three, if he could add the three. This year he's added it, and this game specifically, it showed out. His defense was there. Uh, super impressive game by him. And I just thought that it was awesome that he played this well against the Bucks team that uh, he kind of had his coming out party, um, you know, four years during his rookie year with against yeah, this think, exact team against Giannis. I, I think this is probably a longer conversation too, but it shows you what good teams do during those rebuilding years that it's not always just like it's not judged based off just finding stars every year. It's hey, even when you didn't have Luca and you know you're is towards the end of Dirk's career, it was still like how can we develop and find these role pieces to when we do find our next cornerstone piece in a Luka Doncic or a Porzingis, whatever. That these type of guys, I wrote a whole story on it from Mavs.com and how he's the bulldog for this team and how he fits with pretty much anybody. But and. Pivoting to the Mavericks as a whole, this type of game and kind of even going back full circle of like you talking about the lows, lows were super low and highs are super high. I think that this is just this game shows this type of team for the Mavericks that they're just one of these wild card teams for the whole league that can beat anybody. They could, they could go into the playoffs and the lowest of low get swept, or they could go into the playoffs and have a run like Portland did last year, and. Either one of those scenarios, I wouldn't be like crazy shocked on, you know, like because they just have this wide range of spectrum for the super young team. But it's like the super young team that doesn't play really good defense, struggles in clutch some. It's like you could see a recipe for them to get beat, but also the best offensive history. Luka Doncic is an MVP candidate. They have Porzingis and like all of this stuff too. So it's like you see both ends of the spectrum and that like in, in a, it's a, the roller coaster rise I'm as fan right now, but it's also a lot of excitement too, especially if you're in somebody like my camp to where I'm like, hey, I think this season's a, a success no matter what happens in the playoffs because just making the playoffs for me going into the season was the bar for a success. And I, it's games like this that teams across the league they don't want to see Dallas in the first round. I don't a team like Denver who like Luca playing at that level they can play with anybody in the league anybody. And it's not, you can't say that about many teams. It's like, hey, they go up against, you know, you name the team in the league, they really struggle against. It's like, oh, you're not going to have a shot in this game. There's nobody that the Mavericks tip off against at the beginning of the game. And I say, dang, they don't have a shot tonight. Nobody. They, I think they have a shot every single time they play anybody in the NBA. And that's a, really a testament to the level of basketball that Luca's playing at right now, too. We've come a long way, my friend. 
<laughs> we have. So we have Mavericks two games back from the Jazz. They play the Jazz on Monday. Jazz have only two more games left. I don't. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know all the tiebreaker scenarios and everything. I don't know if it's possible for them to to uh, to flip spots with the Jazz. But it's interesting that they are two games back and they play the Jazz on Monday. Um, yeah, Maver- Mavericks have to win out. Jazz would have to lose out. But I. I think I know I say this all the time. Predicting games is like one of my biggest pet peeves, but I think it's going to be nearly impossible to do it over this course of this week because we're. I think we're going to see some. I mean, dumb like positioning by from teams. I think we could see some teams <laughs> really throwing stuff and it's like like Utah did the other day and set four of their starters. <laughs> I think we could see that this week and it's going to piss some people off. The thing is, Utah blew their starters. They didn't start any of their starters or play any of their starters against the Spurs, and they play the Spurs again. So they play the Mavericks on Monday, then they play the Spurs again. What if they do the same thing with their starters again? So the Jazz could lose both those games if the Mavericks take care of business, and then you know Mavericks just have to to win the rest of their games, win out, and then I think they they move ahead of the Jazz because they have three more games left. So uh, the other yeah, thing is the. Clippers are game and a half ahead of the Nuggets, and that's they both have three games left. So it, Clippers, I mean, it's, Clippers it's play the Nuggets on Wednesday. Yeah, it's not over that's over for the standings. We're, we're assuming that it's going to be the Clippers, but for whoever it is, man, it, love this win. Uh, anybody else that needs mention? Because we always end the pod and we're like, oh, we didn't mention that guy. Maxi Maxi had 15 points. He was three of six from three. I thought that was significant. Uh, Tim Hardaway didn't shoot well. He was two of eight from three, had eight points, two boards, uh, played 37 minutes. Uh, but it's significant that Mavericks win without him playing well. Seth Curry played 21 minutes. He was back in the lineup, only one from seven. So the Mavericks are capable of winning if those two guys yeah. aren't hitting. And I thought that well, that was we've talked about good. the recipe. Like we need a third person to get over 20. Yeah, for the most part, like that's what we want. And tonight it was Dorian having a career night at 27. And you're like, oh, you're not going to get that every night from Dorian. Well, you're probably not going to get a combined 10 points from Tim and Seth every night either. So hopefully that, you know, that equals it. You need one of the connect four, (laughs) right? To get over 20 points if the rest of them are going to be bad. (laughs) And KP had a couple monster dunks tonight. (laughs) He cocked that one back on Lopez's head in the paint that uh, Luca passed him. He had an oop that was nasty. That the one off the inbounds where he spun around and dunked on Giannis. Yeah, yeah, that, that was nasty was too. too. Yeah, I, man. Okay, last thing I want to throw at you. One more thinking. Are the Bucks coming out of the East for you? Man, the Raptors just look so together right now, right? Yeah, that's the first one that comes up. You know, but man, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them because the Bucks don't literally look together, and the and the Raptors do. But this is a thing that like LeBron teams always do. They look so bad towards the end of the season. You get in the first round, they destroy their first round opponent, right? And that brings oh, yeah. all their momentum back. And so, I think the Bucks still come out. I mean, they're, they're just such a you know really good defensive team. That's what wins you games. They have a couple shot makers, and they have Giannis that can take over a game. So yeah, I'll, I'll take them still. Okay. I mean, I who, would you take I'll, anyone else? Like it's it's Toronto, yeah. Toronto, yeah. Boston, and then it's I, I tell Miami. You my team, I've, I've been I've been talking myself into coming out of the East, and it's Miami. Yeah. Nah, see, I, there's just something about them. I just I I tweeted out like right before the bubble games ha- started when they first got to Disney. Some account tweeted out and was like, "Hey, what's your hottest take for the NBA?" And I tweeted out and I said, "The Bucks don't come out of the East," and I still don't I still don't think that I, for some reason. 
when it comes down to close games at the end of games, I still have hesitations about Giannis. And there was a few times tonight, like Giannis struggled and he tried to shoot some of these threes. Did he really shoot three air ball free throws tonight? <laughs> he shot at least two that I remember. It's like, I think Giannis is the best, like he is the MVP of the league, no doubt. But it's one when we talk about Kawhi, like how many players would I take over Giannis at the end of a, of a fourth quarter with the game on the line? There's probably a few more names on that list, you know? So it's like, that's where I think, yeah. Philly, you losing Ben Simmons, whatever. I, I think it's a, ter- for me, there's, I, I flip flop on the days of who I talk myself into. Miami <laughs> one day, I like their versatility. Toronto one day because of the experience. Boston one day because I like all of their wings and I think Tatum could take over a game and all this stuff. So it's like, I talk myself into one of those three three teams, but if you gave me Milwaukee or the field, I would take the field. There you go. All right. We'll be back on Monday arguing about MV, most improved player and what it means, I guess. Oh, I'm ready to go ham on this. I am so ready. <laughs> and then we'll have uh, Mavs versus Utah post game. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then it's back to back. Tuesday, the Mavericks play the Blazers. So we have post games, back to back nights. We also have, uh, you know, pod on Monday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Bonus. He's so bonus pod. Boom. <laughs>